0: It's very easy on Instagram to look at people's accounts and, and see what their cat can do. And then you look at your cat and what they can do. And really, at the end of the day, it's, it's about what you've exposed
1: them to. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara
2: and I'm Daniel
1: and this is not just any normal episode of the Cat Explorer podcast. It's episode 50 and it's the first episode of season 7 and just over a month ago the Cat Explorer podcast reached a new milestone where it was downloaded for the 25th thousandth time. These numbers may seem small, but in the podcasting world, that makes this small niche independent podcast a part of the top 30% of podcasts, which is something we never imagined when we started recording back in 2018. We're not often the best at celebrating Cat Explorer's wins, but we've learnt that we should celebrate them. So to celebrate all these milestones, we've decided to do a fun giveaway. We're giving away a Cat Explorer mug and a Cat Explorer beanie for you to use in winter to stay warm. All you need to do is review the Cat Explorer Podcast, take a screenshot of your review and post it on social media. And tag us and use the hashtag CatExplorerPodcast50, that's 50. On Instagram we're at catexplorer.community, and on Facebook we're cat explorer. Or you could even post it in the Cat Explorer Community Facebook group. And for those of you who already have a piece of Cat Explorer merchandise, like our hoodies, t-shirts tanks beanies and more you can join in in another way too take a photo of you using your cat explorer merch upload it to social media and use the hashtag cat explorer podcast 50 special points if you have your cat in the photo and you can join in either way or you can join in both ways and you'll get double the entries have more than one piece of cat explorer merchandise each post will be a separate entry So remember to post your photos or videos on social media, tag us, and use the hashtag CatExplorerPodcast50 by the 10th of September 2020. The winner will be announced on the 15th of September 2020 on social media. And if you've missed any of the competition details, just hit the episode description and you'll find them there. We'd like to say a huge thank you to our producers for Season 7 of the CatExplorer Podcast. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast. So thank you to our amazing co-producers, Roxy the Kitty, Ziggy and Charlie, Luna Misty Blue, Adami, Mac, Patch and Ava, and Bowie the Siberian. Thank you so much for your support. We really, really do appreciate it. And if you'd like to, and if you love what we do and you'd love to support Cat Explorer, feel free to check out. If you love Cat Explorer and what we do, Feel free to support us by joining the Purse Squad. You can find the details on how to do that in the episode description on your podcasting app.
2: Today's Cat Explorer explores the urban jungle that is Toronto. On top of that, Gibson is such a pro with clicker training. We're so excited to chat to his mum, Sarah, about cat exploring and clicker training. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah.
1: Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. We'd love to hear about Gibson. How did he come into your life? so it had been a few months since losing our previous
0: cat miso and we were in the middle of cat sitting just to cope with that loss um, because we weren't yet ready for another cat to come into our lives and so one evening my husband and i were at a burger joint and we came across his photo online and totally unprepared we decided to go and pick him up at 11 p.m at night And, um, we actually had to pay $20 to the person that we got him from to borrow the crate because they didn't feel comfortable, um, just giving Gibson to us, like, and letting him, you know, free range in the car. So, um, we actually ended up not even using the crate because he was more restless inside the crate. I noticed. So we kind of, from that point, we actually noticed that he would be up for this kind of cat exploring life because we realized that he would rather just watch the world go by than to be contained in a crate.
2: Oh, wow, that's lovely. And it it does sound like he was perfect from the get go for that sort of life. And can you tell us a little bit more about him then?
0: Sure, Um, he is absolutely easily adaptable to new environments. Um, He's a super quick learner. And so obviously he's very easily trainable. Um, he loves the company of other people, but lately has been super suspicious about the person who's from like five to 50 feet away for some reason. So if we're in a, in a trail and we're exploring, um, he'll get down and he'll pancake down and he'll just wait for that person to be out of sight or pass by. So, um. So, but he loves being around people. He does love the company of others um, when, you know, we're in a, in a contained setting like the house or something like that. He's super social in that he's really the only cat that I know who actually enjoys meeting other cats. So he never has once hissed or growled at another cat when meeting them. Um, and if, you know, another cat will hiss or growl at him, he tends to just give them the space that they need. And with the ladies, he tends to respect them a lot more than the male cats. It's kind of funny to watch. With the males, he tends to want to rough and tough with them. Um, He'll get to their nose, he'll smell them out. um, And if they growl or hiss at them, then he'll end up leaving them alone. But he definitely respects the ladies more than he does the, the male cats. It's kind of funny to watch. (laughs)
1: What a gentleman. So what kind of cat exploring do you and Gibson do?
0: Often we explore around our neighborhood. Uh, We live in a beach area so we do go to the beach. We enjoy going to the green spaces like parks or ravines or creeks Um, and most often we end up in a neighbor's front lawn just smelling the different smells that are there, uh, pre-COVID, we did go to pet-friendly stores like Canadian Tire, Marshalls, Winners, HomeSense. We took public transit over to friends' places for play dates and went for coffee and ice cream dates on pet-friendly patios. Um, we do have plans this summer to hopefully take him camping or canoeing, but um, we'll see what the foreseeable future is.
2: So from the sounds of things, you do a lot of exploring in urban areas and urban areas are usually quite noisy and busy. How did you train Gibson to get used to these sounds and get used to the businesses within urban areas?
0: Right. So a lot of what Gibson has come to be okay with has to do with his personality. That being said, I would say that exposure and positive learning has enabled him to explore the urban area we live in with confidence. When we started out, I didn't want to overwhelm Gibson because a city can be um, quite overstimulating for a cat. So introducing everything at once, I feel would have resulted in a negative experience. And so to keep things positive, I would only focus on one thing for him to be learning at a time. I wanted him to see the world slowly, but as smoothly and naturally as possible, if that makes any sense. So with noisy traffic, for example, I knew that he would have to build up a tolerance to it as we live on a fairly busy street with, you know, trucks going by, motorcycles going by frequently on a daily basis. So on his first day out, I took him in a carrier and exposed him to that noise in a way where I could be there for him and he could observe the traffic for short periods of time consistently throughout the day daily. Um, cat exploring does take a lot of work. You do have to be patient, as you know, and everybody listening on the podcast. So um, I did have a blanket where he could hide under in case he got spooked from the noise. Um, so I tried to make it as, again, comfortable and positive for him. During this time, I focused on getting used to the traffic only until his reactions from it were more calm. Once he was used to that, I would move on to the next thing. And for Gibson, the next thing was creating actually a safe space. So before we could actually find a harness that fit him properly, I would spend every day with him on the porch, giving him treats and just being with him as he kind of explored the new smells on the porch. I did this because once he was on the harness, I wanted him to be able to go somewhere that he felt safe. So um, once once he was harness trained inside and he was mildly reactive to traffic and he had a safe place, um, we were ready to go on adventures beyond our front yard.
1: That's a great approach, just doing baby steps. And I think everyone... Like we all tend to see those cat explorers on Instagram who are doing these amazing things. But what we need to remember is it all started with those baby steps right at the beginning. I wanted to circle back to something that you mentioned. We are recording this in May 2020. So we're right in the middle of um, self-isolation or whatever you want to call it for, because of COVID-19. But um, you did mention that you go to a lot of pet-friendly, cat-friendly um, stores and indoor locations. How do you go about finding a lot of those places and knowing that they're cat friendly? Anytime
0: I go to a store where I think that I might be able to bring Gibson, I will approach management and I'll just mention that I do have a cat and I would like to practice bringing him out more so in the winter months. And obviously throughout the year, just being able to bring him as we run errands every day and practice his time in stores. Um, So I'll I'll get the answers straight from the horse's mouth, as they say, and uh, I will ask if we are permitted to bring him into a store. And so often the rule of thumb here in Toronto is that if there's no food around, it's pet friendly. So with stores like Winners, there there are aisles with food and they are permitted to go in the store. they just have to avoid those aisles if
1: that makes any sense. Oh, that's a really good point because, um, I wouldn't have thought of stores that have food in them, so that's a really good idea and like, for example, here in Australia, we've got a home improvement store called Bunnings, but they have cafes in there, so like what you would do is just make sure that. If you're going to go to the cafe with your cat, make sure they're cat-friendly as well. We um also find that when we do approach management, we will say something along the lines of, we have well-behaved cats who are harness-trained. They'll be on a leash, most likely going to spend most of the time in their backpack. Are they allowed to come in? And I think that kind of helps them feel a little bit better and if if they still seem a bit if like if they've got a lot of dogs there we might just say we'll stay away from the dogs so that you don't have an incident because we just need to remember that those businesses they're businesses that after all they don't want their other patrons to be disadvantaged because you've bought your cat there and you end up with a cat fight or something like that so I think it's something to bear in mind yeah
2: it's gonna work for everyone and you know everyone wants to have a good time
0: right and I and I think as we're um, although it's a big community, I think we're still new to a lot of people. So initially, my reaction to someone who tells me that they're pet friendly, but my cat can't come, initially, I get my guard up and I just want to say, well, why not? Why can't that happen? But I think if we approach it, like you say, by just educating people and letting them know, hey, I have a cat that is actually able to adapt in a lot of different kinds of environments, that has actually been to the pet expo with thousands of dogs around him and has remained calm. Um, then i I actually start to see their tone shift in in being able to accommodate Gibson. So I actually had this experience with someone at a patio down by the beaches, and i I did want to to kind of just question their authority and their you know, their their ability to say that my child is not welcome in their space, basically. And but um when we backtrack and we remember that not all people see cats the way we might see them, then I think that we take that different approach and the reactions are a lot more understanding to accommodating him. So the next time we go to this patio. I have informed them. I said, you know, if we call you ahead of time, because that's a very good point too. If we call you ahead of time, we let you know that we're coming and you seat us in a corner where we can kind of control any reactive dogs that might scare off any patrons, then is it possible for me to bring him? And then they were just totally like, yeah, for sure that works. We can do that. And I just mentioned to them, if it does get out of control, we are willing to leave.
1: And I think another uh, way that people can approach it, and this is for businesses that are active on Instagram, if you've got an Instagram for your cat, it's actually quite useful just Instagramming them via your cat's account, because then they can just be like, because usually the first response is, what are they talking about? And they might go in and check your account and then be like, oh, this is something they do all the time. Um, Another thing I did want to mention that I I know I for a very long time, I was very naive about this is that a lot of people have cat allergies. So to put it into perspective, Daniel obviously has a cat allergy, but our sister-in-law who loves Lumos and Oxy, unfortunately can't even sit next to Daniel and I at dinner sometimes if we've worn something that we haven't washed recently and has cat fur on it because she will just be crying and unable to breathe. So there are some people who have cat allergies that are that bad that they just can't be around a cat. So it's something that we just need to remember as well. Maybe there's another patron at the business or the patio or even the manager might be allergic to cats. So that's just something to remember.
2: And Sarah, I love what you uh, pointed out about how you approached um, management and how you explained it because you came to them with solutions and possibilities as how you could implement it. So it's not just about asking them, can we do this, and then waiting for them to sort of come up with the idea or solution because they'll probably go, I've never had a cat in my business before how do I make this work how, you know what do I need to do to make it happen whereas if you tell them you can do this you can do that and then they can sort of then go through those options and see what works for them and understand how it can be implemented it makes their job a lot easier it's about lowering that barrier to entry and making it really a, a non-issue for them like so it's not very hard to implement doesn't impose on them in any way but it'll you know get them some yeah a, a better appreciation of what we do and how we approach things, and what, and you know, it gives us a great time as well. So I think that's a great point that you make. Now, you also mentioned before about the exploring that you do in the urban environment, and you've talked about public transport. Can you talk us a little bit through about Gibson and public transport?
0: Sure. So when I first started Cat Exploring, uh, Gibson was, he took to the car really quickly. So he was comfortable in a vehicle right away. So I didn't, I waited a few months before introducing him to the bus and the subway because I wanted to make sure that his reactions to obviously the traffic and the noise of trucks and transports and even fire trucks and ambulances uh, would not make him panic. Once he was okay with all of that, I was confident that he could undertake something like going on the subway because when you go on the subway, it squeaks a lot. It makes loud noises. Obviously it's underground, so there's no way for him to escape because I feel like cats like to know that they can go somewhere to hide if they're panicking. So it obviously also helped for him to be comfortable in his backpack. We needed time for him to be okay with other things before, going on to that big journey. And I'll admit, I was really nervous about the subway because it had been something that I never heard anyone else do. I'm sure there are people out there that do that, but I I wasn't connected with anyone in the community that had tried it before. So I was basically going on territory that I knew nothing about, Yet I was confident in his behaviors and personality and abilities that he would find a way to work it out and hide in the backpack if he needed to. And it ended up going perfect. There was there was no issues. He was on the bus. He was actually pulling me because he wanted to go and see everyone who was on the bus. And when we got to the subway and the streetcar, it was as if he had done it every day
1: that's so awesome just um for terminology sake because I think everyone calls a subway a different thing is that like a train or is that like a tram a streetcar is a tram or oh, yes. is that is a that streetcar
0: tram. is a tram um and then the subway is the underground so
1: like a train I, I suppose yeah Right. Yeah, because I think everyone uses different terminology there. That's really interesting because I would have imagined they'd be quite screechy. So he must have done really well with the noise. He did, for sure.
2: I just want to remind everyone that um to check your local regulations and rules if you're considering this, because it does differ from state to state or region to region.
1: Yeah, definitely. Even potentially within Canada as well. Like, for example, in Australia... In Sydney, you can take your cat on a ferry, but you have to get permission from the captain. We're yet to do this because I still can't figure out how to get to the captain before getting on the boat with your cat. I haven't quite understood the logic there, but they might just, just check with your local um, transit authority and they'll be able to give you some details. You might have to explain to them once again that your cat is harness-trained and well-behaved and all that stuff as well, but...
2: so. You've actually met up with a few cat explorers recently. How did you go about organizing that and how did the, all the kitties react?
0: Right. So, another local cat explorer, um, her Instagram handle is Life with Lou the Cat. Um, we often get together for exploring beyond the house. And so, Lou's guardian, Jen, had discovered this brewery called Black Lab Brewery that is pet friendly. Primarily, dogs go there. And to my knowledge, Cats never had entered in that brewery. And so I think a good point to make is that pet pet friendly doesn't always mean that cats are included in that. And so we we actually confronted them and just made sure that they were okay with this before we stepped in. Um, and we found that they were super accommodating in welcoming our cats to come and hang. After confirming that they were welcome, Jen had invited theoretically Teddy and I to join her. And her cat Lou along with some friends with dogs to hang out at this brewery run one night and so that night we ended up speaking to management and telling them about the cat explorer community and presented them with this idea of a cat explorer gathering and surprisingly they weren't really shocked they actually were excited which was such a great reaction to get from someone because most often we're sitting here educating people and, and confirming them that it's going to be a fun gathering, that it's not going to be a bunch of cats tearing each other apart. And honestly, they were prepared for whatever was to happen, regardless of that happening or not. So we worked out this gathering would be best on one of their less busier nights, since um they wouldn't they wouldn't have as many dogs that would be around to frightened the cats and the staff had also let guardians know at the door that many cats were there that night. And if they did have dogs that were reactive to the cats, they were advised to maybe come back for another night. So they were fully able and willing to accommodate us all, which was really helpful. They had sectioned off an area for all the cats to hang out in that had a gate so that if dogs were there, they couldn't enter through that gate. And we honestly had such a good night. Most of all of us cat parents were so anxious about this happening because who knows, who knows in this world how 11 cats will react in one tight space together. I haven't really heard that happening. So we were, we're all very anxious, but it ended up being good until we decided to take that Instagram worthy group photo and I won't name any names, but one cat decided to jump off because they were too close for comfort and jumped on top of a table and then ended up breaking a glass. So it's funny because the staff was joking when we entered and the staff was just saying, "I'm just waiting for something to break." And I was like, "Nothing's will break. Come on, have faith in us." And at the end of the night before we were all about to leave, one glass broke. But they were so happy to clean it up and help us, but we uh, we were we were thankful that that happened at the end of the night because as funny as it is all the glass had shattered over the floor and they didn't do a fantastic job in cleaning it up so we were all terrified of glass possibly getting in their paws and that kind of ended the night but it was kind of perfect to go out with a bang and it was nice to know that they were so willing to help us clean up and they actually welcomed us back again
1: wow i have i just have to say like they really do you mind actually mentioning who they are again for everyone in toronto
0: yeah, so they're they're the Black Lab Brewery.
1: Because they did such an amazing job of it, like um making you guys feel welcome. Like so I usually find that craft breweries are really open to cat explorers. Like we've been to a couple and usually I'll like these you um the ones some of the ones that we've been to they'll have a door person I'll go up and I'll be like, So we have something weird, we've got cats. Are you okay with us coming in? but it's amazing how they actually had a gate up for you. I love that they were telling the patrons who had dogs that there were cats there and stuff like that. That's amazing because um to put it into perspective, usually when we have organized events for cat explorers, we've actually taken out insurance and talking to the insurance company and trying to explain what's going on. is quite hilarious. <laughs> so like, it's amazing how they did such a good job to help you guys. And I think they should be celebrated for that.
2: So I want to take it back to the beginning, which you mentioned in parts already. So you talked about how Gibson had the temperament that, you know, just screamed Cat Explorer and he's just a natural pro. And you also talked about how you were on the porch a little bit and sort of just letting him get used to the sounds and sniff around. But can you also fill in the other steps in terms of how did you start training Gibson to be a Cat Explorer?
0: a lot of my answer does circle back to that question in exposing him to things very slowly but also letting him choose for most of our exploring where to go and what to see and what to do because this was more of a, a of an adventure that was for him and i was kind of tagging along so i kind of It kind of circles back to being, you know, a positive experience for him, especially in the beginning and just letting him figure out the world for himself. Now, as we have evolved in our exploring, we kind of have a 50-50 agreement, whereas like I'll let him lead 50% of the time and then I'll lead the other 50% of the time because I've talked to lots of cat explorers and we all, I think, feel the same way in that if we were letting them explore the majority of the time, we'd probably end up just at our front yard, smelling that tree for, you know, three hours because that's what they like to do. And they like to observe people going by. They like to, um, do a lot of just hanging out at people's front yards. So, um, some days we'll have a schedule and we'll follow that schedule and he'll be on the backpack or in the backpack coming along the journey. And then other days will be completely for him. And we have no schedule and we'll go to a park and I'll let him decide a hundred percent of the time. So I think it's all about balance.
2: I love the point you make about the balance because it's as much as you want to say it's for the cat and, you know, for their enrichment. Also, sometimes from the practicality perspective like you mentioned you just want to be able to take them with you if you need to run an errand like and it's still enriching for them but yeah it's a little self-serving as well to try and run an errand and but they'll get out and about they'll get to you know smell you know fresh air outside and see a few things that they would normally see get a car ride out of it and that's yeah, that's that helps you to get your errand done great there's other times where i know for example sarah's taking the cats on a walk and she sat next to a bush for half an hour while Noxie eats the bush and sniffs around in it and you know that's definitely that for them like no one I don't think any adult necessarily wants to just sit next to a bush for half an hour but so it is a balance and it's a little bit of give and take and ultimately it is about their enrichment and baby steps is the way to go definitely like it doesn't happen overnight and you do need to find what they like and what they enjoy and allow them to lead you to an extent because yeah we've tried things that haven't worked out and we've gone okay they don't necessarily love that and yeah we've tried things and then gone yeah this is their thing they really love it so you just have to find that and take it slow and steady
0: right I think I think realizing a cat is just not a dog will help you to explore with a cat and people will often ask me, well, does he walk like a dog? And my response is always, well, he's not a dog. So <laughs> definitely doesn't walk like a dog. And it's just, it's it's foreign to people and they want to know more. And I love that they want to know more. So often we have these conversations with people just sharing, you know, about this exact question, letting them know the steps that it took to get to where we are and that it didn't just happen overnight. So I think that it's very easy on Instagram to look at people's accounts and and see what their cat can do. And then you look at your cat and what they can do. And really at the end of the day, it's, it's about what you've exposed them to. Because sometimes I'll see a cat that lives on a boat and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would really love to bring my cat on a boat. Like I would love to see what they would do. I'd love to see if he would be okay for that kind of life right and I can very easily get discouraged if I bring him on a boat and he ends up hating it but the reality is that we've been he's been raised in the city so the city is actually what's comforting for him and I was just telling um, Zeddy Cat the other day we were talking about this thing where I went to a trail and often most cat explorers will be like my cat loves a quiet trail. This is amazing. We need to be in quiet spaces. But Gibson actually finds comfort in the traffic. He finds comfort in the noise. So when it's quiet, I feel like he's skeptical Skeptical, sorry about the things that might be hiding behind the bushes or the trees or that noise far off into the distance that he can't actually see. So the other day we went in into a trail and a train Came by, but he couldn't see where it was, so it scared him. But a train can go by two meters in front of him, and he'll sit there and not react at all. So it's it's just funny, you know, in terms of what you expose them to, and what they're okay with because of that exposure.
1: That's so true, and their personalities as well. Like we, have I think we expose Lumos and Oxy to the same things because we take them to the same places, but. Lumos would much prefer to go to a cafe and go up and say hi to everyone, whereas for Noxy she would much prefer to be on a hiking trail and that I think maybe this is because it's Daniel's least favorite thing to do as well but Lumos would hate to do that too. So like it's I think it's also just depends on their personalities as well. So you and Gibson spend a lot of time working clicker training. What kind of behaviors can Gibson do? So um,
0: Gibson can sit, he can lay down roll over to the left and to the right. He can give a high and a low five, both with the left paw, the right paw, and both paws. He does give fist bumps with the left paw and the right paw. He also knows a good stay. We need to get a little bit better with our stay, but he can, he can stay. And often he trains through my hands. So it's not words for him, but it's hand motion so his stay is one finger up and he's getting really good with with doing it for longer periods of time which is what we're working on um he can give kisses he does the meerkat or he sits pretty he can jump to me from any surface to my arms back or feet he'll jump through my arms he'll jump over and crawl through obstacles He does what we call the trust jump, which is my favorite trick of his, because it just it just shows that he he trusts me completely. And so what it is, is he will he will be on the floor and he'll he'll have to fully rely on me to catch him. So he'll make a trilling sound and he'll kind of like warn me that he's about to come up and. We communicate and kind of work together in me catching him. So that's my favorite trick of his. He'll follow a target stick wherever I put it, which is really, really helpful in training. And if you follow cat school, that's one of the beginning tricks that you learn. Ringing a bell. He'll ring a bell for treats, for sure. Uh, He does spin. So he'll, I'll make a circling motion and he'll do a spin for me. He weaves through my legs. He does skateboard, which is one of his favorite tricks. He honestly, if I get the skateboard out, he won't listen to a stay. So he'll, he'll beeline it for the skateboard and he'll want to be on it. I don't know what it is about the skateboard, but it's one of his best and favorite tricks. And he'll Do it all day if he could, which is really great because we do eventually want to take the skateboard outside to make cat exploring a lot easier. So we want him, I want to tie a string on the skateboard and kind of just like drag him along when we go to the beach or different areas to make things a little bit easier because not always does a cat follow you when they walk. Um, He perches on objects. So if I have something he'll put his two paws on the object and perch up on it he does toe taps and right now we are trying to learn how to cop cop which is putting his paws on my feet and then walking with me so that's wow that's what he knows
2: <laughs> that's an impressive list and i've got to say like having clicker trained the two of my cats like you get so proud watching them pick it up and do it and I can't just imagine how proud you are being able to go through all those behaviors and going yep they can do all of those things
0: yeah and it really is so fun to be able to kind of like mix all these tricks together and come up with kind of new tricks so it really helps to to know other tricks and introduce more from Mm -hmm. what he already knows
1: and I I just wanted to point out that he can do both paws on those paw tricks because a lot of cats are well, just like humans they favour a certain paw. So for example, Daniel has been working with Noxie to do like to try and encourage her to use a different paw to ring the bell, and she literally will just move the bell to the right paw and then start ringing.
2: It. Well, we on take her body so that she can get into the right position to to ring it with her favourite paw. <laughs>
0: Well, it's funny because I mean, we're we're right-hand or left-hand dominant. So it makes sense that you know there's a preferred paw that they would like to do, but it's it's great when they're flexible with with using one or the other. It it was challenging for us to for for me to teach that to him. It took him a few days and for for Gibson, that's that's a longer time. He honestly again this is like part of his personality he's a very quick learner from the question earlier you asked about you know more about gibson and he is really a quick learner and will pick things up quite fast
2: so talking about learning how did you get started with clicker training
0: actually julie from cat school is gibson's cat teacher um, and she's actually local so we ended up meeting just for a cat explorer hang with no intention to talk about, you know, anything cat school related. It was really just a meetup to walk our cats together. And before heading home at the very end of our hangout, I asked if I could just purchase a clicker from her directly rather than order it online. So she took it out and we got talking a little bit about training with cats. And she literally taught Gibson to, to give her a high five outside with all the distractions in under five minutes. So my jaw just dropped. I was hooked. And honestly, Julie's so humble in what she knows, because I was blown away by what she had just taught Gibson to do. And she just smiled politely and gave Gibson most of the credit. So honestly, I love Julie. She's great. Um, If anyone is considering training their cat, I would highly recommend looking at cat school and you know she's just been working hard to put all these YouTube videos together even which which I didn't have at the start and it really helps for troubleshooting different tricks because she sometimes will have a section at the end of her video where if your cat is having a hard time learning something she'll show other options in how to teach them that trick
1: yeah and she's also been great in terms of um She's a great person to reach out to if you're stuck with something as well. So I've had many moments when I've been, for example, Lumos and Oxy have done some very minor TV work or something like that. And I've literally messaged her the night before going, oh, no, this is going to happen tomorrow. What do I do? And she'll just give me a whole heap of ideas and things like that. So, um, And I definitely recommend her course because we started clicker training when we first got Lumos and Oxy. I didn't know about cat school or anything, but we'd heard about clicker training for dogs. So we we're like, let's try this for cats, and we were doing it all wrong. Like we had the clicker, but I didn't understand that you give the treat and then click. Now in hindsight, it's just so obvious you give. They do the trick. You give the you click, and then you give the treat. It just makes sense. But at the time, it was like I don't even know what we were doing with that clicker.
2: <laughs> it just helps yeah. simplify everything. Yeah. And like it sort of gives you the the step by step process, and you know you can. You can understand the theory, but if you have the steps out of order, it doesn't work as well.
0: That's right. I, I, The other day, it's funny that you mentioned that, because the other day I was just looking at a video um, from my previous cat, Miso. And I remember years ago I had heard about cat school, but I didn't get into it. I didn't have an Instagram for Miso at all. I kind of just saw it and I was like, I'm going to try this. So I remember clicking with my mouth, I was like clicking with my mouth and exactly at the wrong time and like, poor me. So I had this expectation for him to like, learn something and he just wasn't getting it. And now I completely understand why. Um, Julie has this mind where, you know, she can, she can troubleshoot something for you. If you're having like, a frustrating time, or you're you're worried about them not being able to learn, she can just think of a solution really quickly and i think her mind is just so able to work that way as it's just geared towards an animal behaviorist right so it's great to have her and to have you know the online class so that if you do have questions you can go online you can connect with the community she's built as well and you can you know troubleshoot with her and with other people that are going through the same things
2: You mentioned before that you taught Gibson to pick up on the nonverbal cues. Was that a conscious decision? And how did you teach him to to do that? So
0: my profession is actually that I'm a registered early childhood educator. So I work with kids and kids' behaviors as well. And I'm not saying that cats are like kids, but there's a lot of different things that work in my profession that can work with Gibson. And so... Um, I always pair the word with my hands so that Gibson can make the choice as to react to one or the other. so I didn't do it on purpose. he actually responds he's chosen to respond better to my hands, and so that's how that kind of happened and his only trick that I feel like he knows with words is actually kisses. Yeah. I can see that being a challenge. (laughs) How do you, well, yeah, it was, it was really hard to teach him that. And I was getting frustrated because I'm like, why are not you understanding it? And he just picked up more so on the word than the, the hands. And it was the one thing that he was able to connect with the word rather than, you know, the, the hand gesture.
2: (laughs) Interesting that you say that. And I suppose, the words and the nonverbal cues, all they all they are, are cues for them to do the tricks. And I actually have now, thinking back, found that with Noxie, for example, like sometimes I forget to say lo five and then I stick my hand out for the low five and she'll do it anyway because she knows she's been conditioned for it. And sometimes, you know, with the weave, I'll point the target stick without actually saying the words we normally use to weave and then Lumos will go through regardless because He's been trained now, but yeah, it's for us it's probably not as clear in that sometimes I do forget and he won't do it, or sometimes i do I say it, and then that's what makes it happen so it's just all there, I suppose to allow them to perform that trick and get the cue from us
1: and I found it really interesting what you said about like yes, children are not cats like they but they there are some there are some ways that they do learn similarly as well, like for example um everything that's going on with COVID we've been doing a lot of suggestions on what you can do with your cat while you're at home and my friend who's got a one-year-old actually messaged me she's like I'm actually copying your ideas for my one-year-old so there are I think there are like there are with dogs and cats they are very different but there are areas where they can interlink so one thing I really did want to ask you about was do you use clicker training while you're cat exploring
0: We do. We have a few times. And um, we've noticed that the stay that he knows is actually really helpful when, you know, we we are going somewhere and he's on the backpack and we need to be at point B by a certain time. And sometimes he'll pull to get off because he sees something or he wants to smell something. And so if I tell him to stay and I put that one finger up, he will often listen but not always will he because it it can be hard beyond the house for them to respond to training because there is so much going on and we are trying to get better with that because now that it's warmer we're able to be outside more often and sometimes we'll go to we have a couple of photos of us at Canadian Tire our local um tire store and we went there purposely because we wanted to practice this skill beyond the house. And so we were in the middle of this area where people will, were walking up to go to the store on the escalator. People were going through the doors to go to another store. So there was lots of of stuff going on around us and he was able to do his tricks quite well and I was pretty impressed. So I think this summer it's going to be one of our goals to be able to work on that more outside so that I can condition him to learn better as we are exploring. So we're working on it.
2: So Sarah, we're coming up towards the end of the podcast, but before we let you go, we're going to go through our final four questions with the first one being, what is one piece of advice you would give to new cat explorers?
0: Honestly, have fun. The last thing that you want to do while being out is to put pressure on yourself and your cat by looking at other cat exploring accounts and wanting your cat to be like them. I would say always make every effort to let your time together be positive because I do feel that cats are great at remembering and holding on to negative experiences, which might render them fearful of certain circumstances and situations as you explore outside Um, and the final would be just listen to your cat and enjoy seeing the world through their lens.
1: What's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Gibson?
0: So somebody actually had barked at us once and I think they were trying to imply that Gibson was basically a, a puppy cat And it just caught me off guard and it's never happened to me before. And nothing else was said beyond that point, but they just, you know, started barking at Gibson and I just kind of gave him this look and they just kept walking by and no explanation was given. And to be honest, none was needed. We both separated and went our different ways and I had to laugh about it, but I think it was one of the most odd
1: things that happened. That is a tad odd. What cat explorers inspire you? There are so many, but
0: I decided to answer this one by focusing on accounts that have helped us to begin where we are now. So in the exploring aspect, Cash Me Outside was actually the first account that we ended up reaching out and asking about harnesses and how to begin cat exploring. So before we even had Gibson we just started talking to her about where to start and she was, and we still have maintained our relationship throughout all this time and we just love their account. So catch me outside is one Um, for training, obviously cat school. We don't need to go beyond um, that because we've already talked a lot about her tonight. Um, Zeddy cat is also near and dear to us because we actually met at the Pet Expo, and Zeddy's mom actually encouraged us to get involved with the same agent that they have for potential jobs in the future with TV, commercials, or movies. So we haven't yet had any jobs, but we have done you know, the photo shoot and the meet with her agent as well in hopes that Gibson will get involved with the same stuff that Zeddy Cat does we're very grateful for her. Um, Two more, my trail buddy has been there for us as we navigate um, the decision we've made about feeding Gibson on raw. And so there's not a lot of information out there. And for us building community throughout all of this is what helps us to learn what we know to this day. And so we love my trail buddy for lots of reasons, that being one of the biggest ones. And in the near future, they do have really, really big, amazing, awesome plans. Um, and they have a journey that they'll reveal soon to the Instagram world that I think everybody will just be excited to watch. And finally, um, Adam Chester, so A D M Chester, is just one of those counts that have been so special for me because my cat previous to Gibson, Miso had a really hard time being outside of the house. And Chester is just one of those cats that needs a lot of time to explore. And his mom has just done so well in listening to Chester, taking the time to explore at his pace. And I think that, you know, it's been inspirational to watch Chester grow. And soon enough, Chester will be that cat that you know everybody says my cat's not able to do this chester can stand for cats that have had that struggle and that hard time in learning
1: and he's come so far with his journey with his teeth as well which is um which is no small feat because he's had a few teeth challenges as well
0: right
2: what product service or program has been a game changer for gibson
0: so the product that we really love is our backpack And we honestly never leave the house without it. Even if we're just going for a small adventure around the neighborhood, we always decide to bring it with us just because if ever there was an emergency situation where perhaps he was attacked by a dog or he did get spooked by something, he has a consistent safe space that we actually just wear upon our back. Um, So we love our backpack. And without it, I don't think I would feel safe in navigating this city with Gibson. And then, obviously, you guys have just been so instrumental in in being able to build a community that has like-minded people that are going through exploring outside beyond the house with a cat. and Without you, we wouldn't have been easily led to other accounts that have been a huge support for us, like all the ones that we just previously mentioned. So we're just really grateful for you guys and for all the work that you guys continue to do. You are pioneers. So it's awesome what you're doing. And, you know, it's great that you're continuing to give us resources through this podcast and everything that you do.
1: Thanks. That's a really lovely thing to say. Um, We've loved chatting with you today, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you and Gibson online? So Gibson has an
0: Instagram and a TikTok account. So you can find him at the Gibson Chronicles on both of those social medias. And we do also have a blog that we recently started, um, which is also the same as his Instagram handle. It's www.thegibsonchronicles.com. And in that, we just do um, a couple of different reviews. We talk about cat training
1: and we talk about cat exploring. Awesome. So what we'll do is um, so that everyone can find those links, we'll put those and a summary of today's conversation in the show notes. So just go to the episode description in your podcast app and the link will be there.
2: We would love to hear what you think of today's episode. So take a screenshot on your phone or a photo of what you're doing and upload it to your socials tag cat explorer at community and Gibson and Sarah at the Gibson Chronicles and let us know what you think. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.